0: Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word. I'm your host this week, Jacob Eucher, and I'm I'm joined here with BB Bruckner, um, and she's agreed to share some of her stories um, and her faith journey. And so, what? Welcome, BB. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Um, so we were talking just before we started recording that you've been on this before and shared some yes. of your stories. And I for one, I'm sure I'm, I wasn't alone but blown away with some of your your stories so I, I, I said I want to hear more. So when it came to oh. coming up with people who might be willing to share more, you fit two criteria great stories and previous experience So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll just you know start with wherever you wherever you want to start um, with your faith journey, and what brought you to Desert Spring, and how long you've been here, all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, um, I mentioned that I have a title for this, and you could call it Signs and Wonders, Mm -hmm. because that's what my faith journey has been. So um, I, just to get to the, the current time, I moved here in 2016. My daughter was out here and my husband had died. So um I was still working and so I I think I found Desert Spring Church in February of 2017. Okay. And um and that was that was it's been a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. But I thought I would start my journey sure as a child.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Because, um, you know, when we're children, we have things that form us. And I came from uh, a medical family. Uh, My father was a doctor, a specialist, my mother an RN. And uh, his father was also a doctor. He had died way before I was born. But uh, it was a medical family, and that really... uh, that really informs a lot of my experiences mm-hmm. and I, I won't go into all of it, but one major part of it is that I had a speech impediment as oh, wow. a, a young child. no one could really understand me. Um, my older sister would translate for me oh, wow. <laughs> but um, I realized that it gave me a lot of empathy as a child and um, because um, I just I understood the struggle and being a little bit of an outsider right I I saw my sister reading, and I knew that that was important and I actually I taught myself to read at age four. Oh wow. and That's I only so cool. say that because the written word is so important to me right And it was then and it remains and a big part of my faith journey. Um, and then another thing happened, well, one thing about my medical family is my father was a great doctor, and everyone um, really loved him. He was the kind of doctor who would stay with his patients. And I, when I would be around town, people would know me as his daughter and start to talk to me about what he had done. But one thing is that he wouldn't turn anyone away um, if they couldn't pay, and I'm sure uh, with a family of four kids, that was a little hard for right. my mother, <laughs> but um, I remember answering the door in the summer, and it would be a farmer, and he would be f- he would have his hands full of vegetables and th- produce, and he would tell me he's, he said we couldn't pay, but he treated us anyway, and we wanted oh, to. Wow.
0: So here's what Uh, we can do,
1: right. Christmas, all kinds of presents, all kinds of food, all through the year. Um, So I came from a family of great generosity.
0: Right. Um, And where was this?
1: In northern Alabama. Oh, wow. Northern Alabama. My father had come there to be director of a TB sanatorium, and it was actually pretty cosmopolitan because— NASA was there uh, Redstone Arsenal and I had friends whose uh, whose parents worked in the space program there near Birmingham Um, but I want to tell you one more story about my childhood and that is um, when I was about in second grade (laughs) there was a classmate and he had a a sister who was maybe four or five and um I wasn't aware of a chi- as a child of her you know you know how children are if you're two or three years younger you you know you don't they you don't want to play with them right, you know, right, yeah. that kind of thing. but I remember inviting her to play with us sometimes, but it turned out that um she was sick, very sick. Hmm. I know now she had leukemia oh, wow. and so uh, my father came to me and said, that she's in the hospital. I mean, I barely knew her. And she keeps talking about you. So do you have anything special you want to give her? Oh, yeah. So I went to my little treasure box where right. I kept, you know, special rocks and minerals, feathers, pretty picture cards, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so every week he would ask me if I had something for her and my mother too. And one and she never got any better. And then they uh, they said she wants a picture of you. Oh wow! And uh, this is a little girl I didn't even know. Right. But apparently I was kind to her.
0: Yeah, you were her angel.
1: And uh, so I gave I gave them one of my school pictures. And then a few weeks later, my both my parents came to me when I was playing outside, and they had a strange look on their face, and they told me that she died. And that she died holding a picture of me wow. on her chest, right. and that was like really heavy. Yeah, sure. And um, I wanted to just run. I, I didn't want that, but it made me start to think deeply about eternity. And if you think that children don't wonder about
2: that, right? are sure wrong. Do.
1: I yeah. really struggled with it, and I would ask adults, you know, what what happens when you die? And they said, oh, you go to heaven, you're with God, and um, then what? (laughs) I mean, mean, the concept of eternity just bothered me. I never got any answers, but uh, that was, you know, I I had these questions. And, you know, so we all believed in God, but we really were not religious. When I was 18 in my senior year of high school, I met my husband-to-be, he was nineteen, and uh, he was at a college um, the next town over from New York, and um, yeah, that was that was instant. Um, so some interesting stories there. But one thing is, we just ask each other, "Do you believe in God?" Yes, I do. And that was it. Right. You know, that was enough. That's all right, we cared right, about. Right. You know, <laughs> and we felt like God had brought us together. Though that was very very strong. Had to wait three years to get married, and we eventually were married for 43 years wow. together for 43, 46 years. Wow. And um, so as soon as we could, we got married as soon as he got out of college and got a job. And so we were married by Justice of the Peace, and then we eventually had two more religious ceremonies along the way, right. you know. Uh, that's Christian and Jewish uh, ceremonies. In my early 20s, I really continued to struggle with that idea of eternity. And I felt kind of comfortable, like everyone can have their own belief. And, you know, that does it for them. Mm -hmm. But when, um, after I graduated, we moved to Kentucky, where my parents were, and I was working at a department store, one of my colleagues in Lexington, Kentucky, she was from um, a very prominent African American preaching family, mm-hmm. generations. Wow. She had great faith, and I really respected that. And yet, uh, her grandmother died, and um, and she just fell apart. Uh, and then she came in about a week later to get her paycheck, and she was my age, you know, like twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even look like herself. She was just transformed terribly by grief. And two of her um, aunts were holding her up. She couldn't right. even walk. And I was so disturbed by
2: that. Right.
1: I came home and I, it just shook everything I believed in, what right. little I believed in. I thought, right. wow, you know, she was, she had such faith, you know, she was yeah. a Christian. I thought that you know they were okay about death (laughs) right and um so I had that night of deep deep spiritual struggle my husband went to sleep I stayed up and that's when I had um an out-of-body experience right and all I can say is that I was in a state of great angst, uh-huh. you know, like existential angst, and I felt like at two o'clock in the morning, I had gone through everything I'd learned. I had, I had studied philosophy and religion in college and done my own thing. I couldn't figure it out. Right. I, I, I was so disturbed. I felt like I couldn't go on, and, um, and I was. I guess I was talking to God. Right. Uh, and I was saying, I, I can't I can't live like this. I, I can't. I don't understand. Right. And I remember sitting on the sofa, and I raised my fist, and I just hit uh-huh. the sofa, and I said, I don't understand. All of a sudden, I was traveling through space. Right. And stars were going past. I was traveling at a high rate of speed in this blackness. And stars and planets and things were whizzing past me. And remember, this is before we had visuals in films yeah, like that's Star true. Wars right, and stuff. Right. Uh, so I had nothing to, you know, to, rem- to remind me. This was, this was really incredible. And then I felt this presence next to me. And then I heard a voice. I have heard I I've heard God speak twice in my life. This was one. Really? And the voice said, There is a plan. There is a plan. And boom, all of a sudden I was sitting right. on the sofa and my whole soul was light. I was so full of joy. Yes, there was a plan. There was a plan. Right, right. And I remember I I got up and I I touched things like paintings on the Mm. walls and I was saying, there is a plan, there is a plan. I was so, so happy. However, what, what was the, the plan? plan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, but I knew <laughs> there was a plan and that was what I needed. Um, and, you know, I'd love to say that, oh, I found the plan <laughs> right, right away. I didn't.
0: Right. But I just did. to know, though, that, that there, not only that there's a plan, but there's a planner, uh, you know, somebody who's, um, can take you to that place and be in that presence. I mean, yes. that's, got to feel like,
1: and there was a presence, right, right, and, but I felt like I couldn't turn my head, (laughs) sure, it was awesome presence next to me, but, but anyway, I mean, I heard that voice loud and clear, uh, saying that twice, that carried me through, um, and we, um, we eventually had our first son, and we felt like he was a gift from God, so we Mm -hmm. called him Matthew, wanted Hebrew names we were going to just raise him you know kind of culturally as a Jew uh, nothing special but definitely Jewish and um, and then we eventually I got pregnant the second time and that's when my story really hits and I have said this before but I need to say it again because that pregnancy was a very difficult one and, um, I had to be on bed rest, and then the last month, they told me that this child, this girl would be was severely deformed. Oh wow, um, the head way too small, the limbs misshapened, and they got this from ultrasounds. And so I had to go in every other day to be checked, and they they knew that mm-hmm. you know it was terrible news
0: and and you're from a medical family too so yes. it's like you you trust the process the yes yeah, yes mean, no and reason not to.
1: and my husband was always a rock and always mm-hmm. the positive one i was a bit of a worrier he had nothing oh, he no. couldn't help me right. you know so i went home and i cried for two days i had a 4 year old he was in right. um preschool a little preschool and it was the second day i was lying on the bed crying and i realized this baby is going to come whether i like it or right, not right. i can't deal with it i don't i've got nothing and that's when i um i just got down on my knees uh-huh. by the bed and i prayed i prayed to god i said help me i can't do this uh and at that very moment this presence whoosh, Mm -hmm. Came into the bedroom and full of peace. Uh, I knew it was from God. It was amazing. It was an amazing presence. And um, I knew everything would be okay. I had this peace. It's just a presence. All understanding. And I remember I was on my knees and I just kind of rocked back on my heels in Mm -hmm. amazement and astonishment. That kept me in peace. I was in complete peace after that, uh, for the next couple of weeks until the day came in the doctor's office when they said, "You've got to go to the hospital. The baby is in trouble." Right. And I called my husband. He met me there, and uh, that was very, that was very difficult and an emergency. I mm. ended up being rushed into the operating room. And with the oxygen mask on, I tried to convey to my husband through my eyes that I was in peace. I was. It was just the most amazing thing. I was in peace. And, uh, of course, I had to have an emergency C-section. And that's when I had my second out-of-body experience. Because when they put me out, and later the doctor said my blood pressure got so low they thought they were going to lose me. Wow. But um, I was, all of a sudden, I was in a place, and this radiant light was just beaming down on me, this love. And that's the most intense, incredible love, because I had love for my husband right. and love for my son. This love was a million times.
2: Right, right.
1: More love. And it was just pouring, pouring on me and through me. I could feel every atom in my body vibrate with this love. And I knew I was being healed. And But this love. And then all of a sudden, boom, my eyes were open. My husband was there right in front of me crying, saying, it's a girl and she's just perfect. She's perfect. And uh, a miracle had happened. The doctor's... All, I mean, that whole room—it was full. They had pediatricians on hand because they thought it was going to be a really serious problem. And all the doctors, everyone was so happy. And the doctor said, "We don't understand it. It's—it's a a miracle. It's one for the books." They even apologized for putting me through all of that, (laughs) as if they would know. (laughs) Right. And um, and then, so I was fine, even though I'd had a C-section. I was out of there in, you know, a day. And uh, so we went back home. The baby was perfect. Abigail, she goes to this church Mm -hmm. now. Um, She's the miracle baby. And so it was a couple of days because we had our son, new baby. It was a couple of days before we had a quiet time. And Mm -hmm. I said to my husband, I need to tell you what happened. And his eyes got big, and he said, I need to tell you what happened. (laughs) Because um, when they they rushed me into the operating room, they closed the door in his face. They Uh said, you You cannot come come in. in. But he was not going to let that stop him. So he sneaked in, uh, opened the door, and just slithered in and stood up against the wall, hoping no one would see him and uh and he started to pray. He, he really wasn't uh a praying man at that time and he said he said I, I just said to God, "Hey God, it's me again." You know, like <laughs> just every now and then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, take care of my wife. Mm-hmm. And he said that they were prepping me and when he saw the uh the doctor with the scalpel, mm-hmm. the minute he touched my abdomen Mm -hmm. to open me up, this presence came into the room. Now, this is my husband telling me this. He said...
0: With no idea what you were about to tell him, right? Yeah,
1: and and he said, this presence came into the room. I knew it was God, and I started to cry, and I knew that everything would be okay, but it was God in that room.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (sighs) And um, so we both had stories, right? you know, at that time.
0: That's, it's life-changing. I mean, and and I got to say, too, there's a certain aspect to stories like this where you're reaching the, the edges of our ability to communicate and the words that we have for this kind of... You're doing a really good job describing... I mean, for me, I can't imagine you didn't... I didn't experience it, so maybe, maybe not, but it, I mean, it's... Amazing. Well,
1: what do you do with it? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so the part that I haven't shared is what happened the days and weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I would be in the middle of the night with my baby mm-hmm. in the baby's room, and I would start thanking God for this miracle. Mm-hmm. What would happen is the whole room would start to glow, and I would feel this, this presence coming into the room, and it was— it was, um, it was, see, I don't have words. Yeah. Glory. Right. Glory. And if I didn't have, if I wasn't holding my baby, I would have had to fall flat on my face. Right. It was a heaviness. And I later found out that the Hebrew word for glory is kavod, kavod which right. means heavy. heavy.
2: Right.
1: And so the whole room would just like it expand and this, uh, I mean, I would just be crying and and just a beautiful, glorious presence with light. The whole room would light up and then subside. And um, I would pull myself back together. This happened over and over. And sometimes I would then put my baby in the bed and then walk down the hall to my son's room. Mm-hmm. And I would thank God, and that same thing would happen. I would go in my bedroom where my husband was sleeping, and that thank God right. for him, and that same thing would happen. So, what do you do with this? Yeah. I didn't know. Sure.
0: But, I mean, we, right.
1: A letter came from our son's preschool. Now, our son's preschool, Little Herners, happened to be held. Uh, they rented space at the local United Methodist Church. Oh, really? And uh, it was not a religious school. It was mm-hmm. just a little preschool several days a week because they didn't have it public, uh, preschool at the time. And um, so we got a letter saying that they were going to sing a few songs in church mm-hmm. that Sunday. So my husband and I looked at each other like, we go to church? Well, <laughs> you know, our son is singing, so we're right, going to do short, it. Right. We're going to do it. So <clears throat> we were there that Sunday, and uh, really the moment the um, the pastor spoke, I felt the pre- that same presence. So you knew. And the more he spoke and the more he prayed, I felt that same presence. So we came home, and I told my husband— I said, you know, I felt that same presence of God. God is there. Mm -hmm. And he said, really? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yes.
2: Uh
1: I have to go back. And we did. I went back more than he did, but we we started to go. Um, And I felt very strongly the presence of God at the Sunday night services. Mm -hmm. This church had small intimate sunday night services mm-hmm. and wow i really felt the presence of god there at those times and uh, you know some months went by and i became convinced and i i said i'm going to be baptized mm-hmm. had to be immersed you know right that was a requirement for me and um my husband had been coming and he was a cyclist um uh, he he was he was in races he raced mm-hmm. um, and uh, so he was out of town but I told him I said it'd be great if you could come
2: mm-hmm. I'm going to
1: be baptized <laughs>
2: right.
1: and I wasn't sure if he would show up but he did uh-huh. and uh, in his cycling clothes <laughs> <laughs> and it was very uh, very meaningful for him because a few months later he also became baptized wow so that is our conversion story um
0: well it conversion yes but also you're just following the presence of god it wasn't you just this is the right place
1: so all of things those things that i've told you about happened before i was baptized and became a christian and um so some extraordinary yeah. extraordinary experiences that stayed with me and after both of us after we uh were baptized we uh both just developed a real thirst for reading scriptures mm-hmm. and even before you know i i found a bible and i've just had a lot of mystical, spiritual experiences with reading Scripture. And I think it goes back to how important the Word was to me as a child mm-hmm. who really couldn't speak well. Right. <laughs> um, but I do want to tell you that, um, yeah, I I couldn't stop reading the Bible. I couldn't stop. And sometimes um, I would be reading early on. Early on, I didn't know what I was reading. I would just, mm-hmm. like, open the Bible. Right, right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, the words would start to move mm-hmm. and glow and then jump into my mouth. Wow. It was, it was so, so strange. I rarely tell people this. I know now, after reading scriptures uh-huh. for many years, that that is something that is written about Uh in Scripture. Um, And my favorite verse that really is exactly what I think happened to me is from Jeremiah when he wrote, "Um, Your words came, and I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight.
0: Oh, and that's what you were feeling. That
1: is what right. it was, yes. And uh, and also, at the same time, I was reading the Bible after being baptized. I was reading a book, a fiction book. I'm a big, big reader, mm-hmm. and I had found this huge fiction book recently translated from German, The Neverending Story. Oh, wow. Now some. People may know the movie. I never saw the movie. I couldn't see the movie because the book was so important to me. But it's the story of a young boy who finds a book, like a magic book, and, and gets into the story, and it transforms him. And as a new Christian, I would say, that's the Bible. That's right, that's what you are. That's right. The Bible is a never-ending story. Yeah. No wonder it's called The Living Word. <laughs> and that that is why I've had so many extraordinary experiences um, with the Word. And I do have one more story. Um, That is about reading. So, you know, I'm a big reader, and, and Scripture also was so important to me. But I remember I would always read a little bit and then turn off the light and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. My husband's already asleep. And I was reading a wonderful book uh, by C.S. Lewis, Letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer. And I I um, put it on the bedside table, turned off the light and started to go to sleep. And that's where I heard of the voice of God again. In fact, if you have hair covering your ears, you know, if someone whispers in your ear, Mm -hmm. your hair kind of moves. Oh, you
0: can feel it. Okay. And
1: I had this whisper in my ear and an audible voice said, you forgot my book. And I shot up out of bed (laughs) and I realized, yes, I had, I had forgotten God's word. So I realized, um, and I've never forgotten that, by the way, that, um, that is the most important thing, is to read God's Word. There are plenty of good books mm-hmm. about God's Word, right? devotionals and all, but it's not the same as reading right. the Word. So that was the message that I got, and I've tried to uh, always mm-hmm. read the Word first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we ended up um, having three children. And our son, Daniel, um, was born after that. And um, we also homeschooled for seven years. And um, we got more interested in the Jewish roots. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were so immersed in learning Christianity that it was about a year in that we we. Looked at each other and said, "Wow, this is really Jewish, right. isn't it?" Right. And and uh, we got more into it and and studied studied more. And uh, my husband felt the call to move to Israel, which we did wow. for a short time. And so a lot of stories uh, about that uh, about all through um, this life. Journey, you know, I worked in a maximum security prison for women for a short time as well, and God has always um, had deeply uh, spiritual encounters for me. Wow! Um, Everywhere and you've words, gone, uh, for me, uh, and I am grateful for those experiences.
0: Yeah, it's awesome to hear. I, I mean, I can't imagine how life changing each one kind of set you in a different, a different path?
1: Well, I'll tell you one more story. Um, and that happened to me shortly, uh, after I became a Christian, I got involved with United Methodist Women, of course. And, uh, we went to, I, you know, I guess it was a conference. It was, it was pretty big.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, um, they had skits and things like that. And I was asked to be, have a part in one, and being so timid and shy and not a speaker, I I said I would, and then I just really I went into the bathroom and just just fell apart. Right. I said I can't do this. I was praying. I was crying. I, I didn't want to do it. I mm-hmm. didn't see how I could do it, and um, I really was torn apart. But I knew. I had given my word I would do it. Mm-hmm. It was the last thing of the program, and I did it. Uh, I, you know, got to the podium. I said my script, whatever, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was the last person on the stage. Everyone left, and I was about to leave the stage, and two older women walked to the front, and they, they said to me, "You did a really good job." And mm-hmm. I said, oh, "Well, thank you." And I started to leave the stage. And one of them said, "You must have prayed really hard." And I was surprised. I said, "Well, yes, I did." Mm-hmm. They had no idea how right. I lost <laughs> yeah. it in the bathroom, but I, and so I was so surprised. And then and then they both nodded and they said, "You know, we've been given the gift of seeing things." Hmm. And um, and she turned to her friend, and her friend said, "We knew you had prayed hard because." I saw two angels on either side of you, oh, and wow. you were you were surrounded with a golden glow right. the whole time. Now, I've had a lot of great experiences. Uh-huh. I did not feel the presence of God. Right. I didn't know any of that, but these two women did. Right. And, and as a new Christian, mm-hmm. I've never forgotten that. And they just smiled and nodded their heads and walked out. Right. But that made me realize that even if we don't experience yeah. signs and wonders, right, we really are. We just don't always know it. Don't
0: know it, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I personally don't have the same um, encounters, I suppose, or as you say, signs and wonders. But when you look back at certain parts, like I can look at certain parts of my life and see the fingerprints – and yes. it isn't necessarily in the present that I see um, this is what's happening or the presence of God, but when you look back and you say, "Oh, that I see the path now
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and things that you learn, and you usually learn them in hard times, yeah, you know, yeah. where you really have to be dependent on God, but you're not even aware of it at the time. And then when you come out of it, you say, oh yeah, I learned. I learned a lot.
0: Yeah. I remember it more as a kid when I would say something completely naive as kids do because they have a limited worldview. And I remember my parents just kind of smiling like, you know, oh, you're so silly. You have so much growing up to do. And I always picture God like that when we have our thoughts and plans or whatever, and just patting us on the head and say, "You have no idea." The <laughs> and maybe we <laughs> yeah. don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but to, you know, there's there's a love to that too. Not a um, yes. It not a uh, condescension kind of a like, oh, you know nothing. But it's a you know, you'll see. And
1: and that is that is one wonderful thing about getting older is because you can start to look back mm-hmm. and see those and of course you there are a lot of failures <laughs> sure there's a lot of times of blowing it or, of uh, but you can see mm-hmm. that more clearly i think as you get older
0: right i i like the um images that you have of the presence of god the just pure cavode. And yeah. You know, it, it's uh, heaviness, weightiness of just pure
1: love. Yes. That is such a blessing. I don't know why um, that God has blessed me with that almost physical presence. Right. You know, but I'm grateful because um, I was... I guess a stubborn learner. <laughs> Maybe I had to have signs some wonders. Right. You know, some some people say, "Oh, gee, I wish I had your experiences." And I and I think, well, you were faithful from the you know a child.
0: Right. You can say that after the fact, in hindsight, but the things that you also had to go through were not easy at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and you know I've got lots of stories of being in physical danger and, you know, crazy experiences um, that, like you said, you look back and you realize, oh, God saved me, spared Mm -hmm. me, helped me. Right. I'll tell you in 2019, uh, when I went on the walk to a mass, I received a scripture. I had to get prayer about it, too, because it was scary to me. Uh, This is from Psalm 71 verse 18 and it says even when I am old and gray do not forsake me my God till I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come and I thought wow I can't do that right. <laughs> but here I am <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah thank you very much and um, if you don't mind I'll close us in prayer yes loving God thank you for your presence for your ability to show up for your loving glory that that makes itself known in in Bibi's life and in the lives of others. We pray that we can know what that feels like and be transformed by it to do your good works here on earth until your kingdom comes, Amen. amen.